We're going to be studying there in 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. If you want your Bibles uh, open to where we'll be studying, that's, that's where we'll be. We'll be looking at the first 20 verses, so I uh, plan to just pretty much stay there. It's good to be here again and to be studying together uh, about gifts. That was our focus starting last week. We're going to start thinking about uh, the gifts that God has given to us and start considering how we could use those gifts in a more effective way. Overall, this is not intended to be a sermon series where uh, you know I bash people for not using their gifts. It's really just an encouragement because uh, I know that there's a lot of people here who are working very hard. Uh, and doing a lot of work with the gifts that God has given them, and you encourage me in the things you do. I get to witness and, and to see more of what goes on maybe than other people do, uh, and I, I get that shared with me on, on uh, numerous occasions, so uh, you, are, you are appreciated and, and very much valued in the work that you do here. Uh, but there may be some of us who are <clears throat> struggling to uh, know what our gifts are or or how we could use our gifts in order to serve the body of Christ. And so I want us to think about uh, that. I want us to understand uh, that concept of using our gifts and, and, and becoming a valuable member uh, because overall that's the focus, that's the goal, is for the body to work, to function together, for everyone to be using their gifts. Uh, that's how we're going to grow and become something that is truly glorious for God's, for God's glory and for his name to go out in our community. Uh, so that's our mission, that's our goal for, for this study, is to grow internally and to have a direction and a purpose in our lives to use our gifts for God's glory. We live in a world that uh, often values uniformity over uniqueness. I mean, we, we like to talk the talk, you know. We'll say, oh, I, I feel I, I want to be different from everybody else. And, and yet, the truth is, we don't want to be that different, right? I mean, we want to be like other people. That's why they're called influencers on, on YouTube. I mean, because we want them to influence us. We like them. We want to be like them. We, we, we emulate those who we respect, who we revere, and we, we try to be more uh, like they are. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really like to be too unique. In some ways, a lot of us are a little uneasy about who we are and the type of person that we are. And we, we want to kind of hide who we really are because it doesn't fit in. It doesn't make sense in the world that's around us. Well, as we open up 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, we're going to see Paul kind of lay out a blueprint for understanding how we all have individual gifts that have been given to us and how we're to, to, to make sense of those and how we're supposed to use those to, uh, to stand out, be different. Uh, and to embrace that, embrace whatever's different about you, embrace whatever gift God has given you, uh, because God did not call us to uniformity. He didn't call us to, uh, to, to similarity, but he called us with all of our differences to unity. And, and so as you think about the word university, right, that's, that's all these schools, right? Un university, bringing together all of these different disciplines in one place to learn all these different things. There's universities all over the place. Really, that's what God had in mind for the church, for there to be unity among the diversity, there to be differences among us, but still something that holds us together, that brings us together. It's like a mosaic. You know, we see that, uh, the picture on the screen. It's a beautiful mosaic, uh, and that's kind of what we are. We're all just different little pieces that are slightly differently colored that make up the beautiful whole. 
and that if one of those pieces are missing, then the, the whole is blemished, and there's, there's, a, there's a sore spot. If, if many pieces are missing, then you can't even make out what the picture is. Uh, so, so that's very much similar to what we see in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, God has created in the body of Christ a beautiful mosaic of, of people who make up the body of Christ. And so that's, that's what we're going to be learning about. As we study through this chapter, we're going to be here for a few weeks, chapter 12, 13, 14. Uh, we're going to be touching on, on different topics throughout this. But in this, chat, in this section that we're going to cover today, 1 through 20, we're going to see how we all have various gifts. Uh, sometimes we struggle to, to use those gifts. And we're going to hopefully see some encouraging words from Paul as, as we think about our gifts. Okay, So to start off, notice what Paul says in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So stop right there and just think about this for a second. Paul is talking to Christians who he has worked with for quite some time, and now he's left and he's writing them, and he's telling them, uh, now, now about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed, okay? Well, that means that spiritual gifts are not something that we just know, right? They're not easy uh, for, for everybody to just understand. Maybe most of us have it, maybe some of us have it, but there may be some who were uninformed about spiritual gifts. And so he says, I don't want anybody to be uninformed about this topic. I want everybody to know and understand spiritual gifts. And maybe some of the things we study in this chapter, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I know that stuff. But I don't want anybody to be uninformed about this is the way Paul put it. So we all need to understand this concept very well and make sure that there are those among us who don't know that they know this, they understand this. Uh, as you read through this chapter and the, the following chapters, kind of as a side note, uh, we're going to see spiritual gifts here that are not really relevant to us today. Um, spiritual gifts that were miraculous in nature that were given by the apostles. And, and we'll talk about that, especially as we get into chapter 14. I'll talk about tongues and, and prophecy and, and things like that. Uh, and, and maybe more of an explanation about why we don't have those today. But you're going to see some of that. But don't, don't let that take away from the valuable lessons, the valuable messages that we can glean from understanding this. We all have spiritual gifts and, and some in the first century had miraculous spiritual gifts, but that was the same kind of situation. As we see, there's a variety of gifts. Look at uh, verse 4. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God empowers them all in everyone. So he talked about, you know... Uh, those who speak, speaking in the Spirit, and he's probably talking about tongues, and he's probably talking about prophecy in verses 2 and 3. But notice in, in verses 4 through 6, there's a variety of gifts. There's a variety of services. There's a variety of activities. There's not just one worker in the church, not just one type of worker, but there are a variety of workers in the church. There's a variety of people who have a variety of gifts, and not everybody is made, uh, is, is made the same thing. God knew that we would all be different, <clears throat> and he wanted us all to be different. And that's why he gave the gifts. That's why he gave the services. That's why he gave the activities. Notice it says that, that there's the same spirit. As you're, as you're thinking about all these gifts, 
The Spirit is the one who's imparting the gifts. We're going to see that even more as we, as we study this. The Lord is the one who's directing the gifts and, and telling people how to use their gifts. And God is the one who is empowering the people with the gifts. So whatever gift you have, it comes from the same source as I got my gift and as someone next to you got their gift. This, this is, we have varieties of gifts, but they all come from the same place. And they're all, they're all stemming from the same source. So there's, there's only one desire that the source had in giving you your gift. And it's the same desire that he had in giving me my gift. The same mission that unites us all. And that's really at the heart of all of this study. Is for us to see that our gifts have been handed down to us so that we would use them responsibly to serve the mission that God has intended. He's given us the gifts so that we would use them to accomplish the mission. Look at verse 7. It says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now as you read through that part, you see all these miraculous in there. But notice wisdom and knowledge and faith and and these are things that as you, as you pray for me before I get up, give him a ready recollection of the things he's prepared, you're praying for the Spirit to go inside of me and to help my knowledge, to help my wisdom, to help develop me and grow me so that I can present something to you that is beneficial. And so there is a working of the Spirit within the individuals who are working in the body of Christ. And God is working through us to create a, a, a body that is functioning and operating properly. God has, in, 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 one, in one sense, orchestrated the body. Uh, he's, he's creating a symphony. He's giving gifts. He's, he's giving an instrument to different people so that they could play those instruments in harmony so that what comes out is this beautiful manifestation of God for everyone to receive a blessing for the common good. So as we think about the body of Christ, you know, this is not just a club. This is not just a group of people getting together who, who kind of want to do good things and be kind to one another and, and love each other. But this is God working through individuals to bring about the manifestation of who God is. In Ephesians, Paul points this out very clearly that we are each given different uh, roles and responsibilities in the church so that we can equip one another for ministry so that we can grow together into the body of Christ. And that's the mission. That's the goal. And so what we see in 1 Corinthians is parallel to what we see in Ephesians chapter 4. God is giving ministry uh, gifts to individuals so that they can work together in harmony to bring about the, the glory of God. These gifts are various. 
and they're different. So what does all of this mean? Well, it means that your gift, whatever it is, is a part of God's design for his church. Whatever your gift is, it's a part of God's design for his church. He is working in the church to establish certain people with certain gifts so that they could enrich the body of Christ. He doesn't bring together a bunch of different people so that they could fuss and fight and divide with each other, right? I mean, that that seems like that's exactly what, what should happen whenever all these different people come together from different backgrounds and from different different lifestyles. But instead... He wants us all to come together as different as we are and to enrich one another's lives. The things that I can't do, you can do. The things you can't do, I can do. And we we share in this kind of symbiotic relationship where we grow stronger and not weaker, where we grow tougher and more resilient and, and better able to accomplish the mission that God has given us to stand out in a world of uniformity in a world of of evil to stand out as godly, as Christ-like, as manifestations of God's working in the world. That's God's mission inside of you. Whatever gift you've been given, it is to play a role in this mission. Uh, And he, he, he separated them all out so that this could be accomplished. As you continue reading verse 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. He uses this image of, a body, right? We, we've read that in Ephesians. We've, we've studied this before. That's kind of the focus of this year. This picture of a body. A body is complex. Those of you who have been in medical school or those of you who have, who have dealt with uh, any kind of studies of the body at all, you know how complicated it is. It's, it's beyond understanding in some ways. Like the, the brain is still something that people are trying to figure out, everything and trying to mind and understand. It's very complex. And there are so many different parts to the body that perform many different functions. And, and we don't even know all the functions functions of all the parts yet. But all of them are interconnected and all of them work together beautifully to function in society. To see a baby grow and develop and become an adult and that whole process is just a beautiful thing. And it's all of these different parts of the body learning how to work together to to function. And it doesn't work well at first, right? The baby stumbles, the baby falls, the baby uh, trips all the time, the baby mutters instead of speaking clearly, right? There's all these struggles in development because it's a it's it's all these different parts trying to work together and trying to coordinate. And so he says, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, So it is with Christ, because in one spirit, we were all baptized into the one body. We all drank of the same spirit. 
Okay? So being baptized is not just an outward showing of an inward faith, right? The baptism is transferring you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's, it's putting you into the body of Christ, interweaving you in that body so that you can become a functioning member and use the gifts that God has given you to help the body to grow and to function and develop. And, and that drinking of the, that spirit, that life-giving spirit happens when we're baptized. And it's the same spirit. And so as we think about baptism specifically is the entry point into the body of Christ, we understand, as he's saying, Jews, Greeks, slaves, and frees, we all come to that point of baptism on the same playing field. There's not a single person who comes to the baptistry and says, well, you know, I don't really need this. Everyone comes saying, I'm a guilty sinner who is worthy of condemnation. It's cut and dry. It don't matter who you are and what you've done. You're, you're a sinner who's guilty, deserving condemnation, in need of forgiveness, in need of the blood of Christ, and you are humbly asking and receiving that grace. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your historical background. No matter if you've gone to church all your life or this first time you ever entered into these doors. You're at the same entry point, the same uh, starting level. You're all equal. Uh, doesn't matter if you're rich. Doesn't matter if you're poor. Right? He says slave or free. It doesn't matter. All of us are linked together as we enter into this body, and all of us are now called upon to use our gifts to serve the mission of the body and to function together. Now, as we think about being a part of the body of Christ, and we think about our gifts, we might still feel like there's a difference between us, right? We all enter the same place, you know, we all come in through baptism, we're all made a part of the same body, we all have that unity, but still, we like to look at the external. We like to look at what we physically see, and we like to look at certain gifts and think, wow, those gifts are really great, and we look at other gifts and think, well, I, I, I don't want to do that, you know, that's, that's not fun, that's not, that's not going to get me any recognition or any favor with anybody, and so Paul kind of addresses that. He kind of talks about the struggles that we're going to have with our different roles inside the body. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Notice as he, as he starts this, that there's this discussion about, um, you know, I'm coming into the body and I say, because I'm not a hand, I'm, I'm not in the body. I'm not a part of the body. I'm not that important. You know, there's this lie that we tell ourselves as we look at the body, we look at all the different gifts that might be given to all the different people around us, and we say, well, if I don't have that gift, then I'm just not that significant. I don't feel like I belong here, you know? I don't have the recognition. I don't have the accolades. I don't have the appreciation that this particular 
member has. The hand. How useful is the hand? How important is the hand in everyday operations, you know? We use them for everything. The feet, very important. The ears, the eyes, the nose, the the mouth, all these different parts are really, really important. And, And we think about the gut, you know, well, that's important but do we think about the gut you know no it's hidden inside you know it's it's working all the time creating energy for everything else in the body to function if if you don't have a gut that's working you can't digest your food and it doesn't distribute the nutrients where it's needed and and there's a number of things that can't happen but who wants to be the gut you know like that it doesn't it doesn't really help us so there's an insecurity. The gut is not seen. It's hidden, right? So, so we face insecurities, and we face false beliefs that because we are not before everyone and, and active in, in so many different important tasks, that that means that we're not a part of this body. And you kind of parallel that over to our working in the church There are a lot of external workers that are needed in the body of Christ, that are a part of the body of Christ, and that receive recognition, that receive accolades, that receive appreciation, and that are important, right? But those parts cannot function without the internal parts. And there are internal parts that, of the body of Christ that are in, inside working to encourage and energize the body of Christ to become uh, vibrant and to become uh, excited about the mission and the gifts that everybody's been given. And if those internal parts aren't doing their jobs... And the body can't function the way it should. And, and those, those internal parts may not receive the appreciation they deserve, but they are just as much and just as important a part of the body as anything else. And so Paul is trying to drive this out. It, we don't need to pay attention to uh, who gets the most attention, but we need to understand our role and we need to focus on fulfilling it. And notice there's kind of this envy within this description. Because I'm not a foot. (laughs) Because I'm not a hand. You know, this is desire to be the one who is before, you know, everybody's sight as being appreciated, as being the greatest or whatever. And and he says, how could that possibly function? If the body, if the gut said one day, I want to be a hand, like it, it, it can't be. It can't be. And so the the goal is not for us all to be similar. Uh, and if if you're thinking, I don't belong here because I'm not like this person who I emulate, who I want to be like because they are, they are visible and everybody sees them, then you're missing the value of the role you've been given. And if you don't value the role that you've been given, if you don't understand that your part in the body has a purpose... If you don't understand that your gift has an immeasurable value in the function and the operation of the body of Christ, then the body will cease to function. It's extremely valuable. It's extremely important for you to see your value, for you to see your gift as something that must, that must be utilized for the body to grow. Satan wants to have us believe that our gift is not useful. 
so that he will hinder the growth of the body. Consider the impact that this will have when members believe this lie. If you believe that your gift is not valuable and that you're not really a part of the body because you're not in this role, which not everybody can fill that role, whatever it is, we will start losing our unique contributions that are needed in all the different areas of the body of Christ, administrative, uh, consoling, encouraging, you know, I don't know all the gifts. There's tons of different gifts that all of you have been given, and, and I don't have a good bit of those gifts, you know? And so as, as you fail to use your gift, that contribution is gone. And that the body doesn't operate as it should in that particular area. That mosaic has a piece missing. And that, that piece is important for the whole to be beautiful, to glorify God. And whenever we fail to utilize the gifts that we have, ultimately the body is going to fail to grow and mature as it should. You know, we really are, are, we have to be functioning on all cylinders, so to speak, right? Every cylinder has to be firing. If one of them stops firing, then the growth is going to slow and we're going to fail. We're going to fail to accomplish what God has given us the, the responsibility to do. If I don't see you doing your work and your ministry, if, if others don't see me doing my work and my ministry, if there's apathy that starts to set in, it, it spreads like an infection. And others will stop using their gifts. And so we have to push. How do you get out of that, right? If the body becomes diseased with apathy, with complacency, how do you get out of that? Well, the only way is for each individual member to commit to doing their role and their responsibility regardless of what others do. Regardless of whether someone else is willing to do their gift or not. I have to be committed and devoted to fulfilling my role and responsibility to hopefully encourage and motivate that person to get active. And so we all need to have the, the unity, the working together, the fellowship in order to uh, be connected to one another, we need to, be, we need to be talking to each other, relating to each other, our struggles in using our gifts, right? You've got a struggle that's probably caused you to slow down. You've got to relate that to somebody else. Find somebody with a similar gifting and connect with them. Uh, motivate one another. We are a community. This is not a gathering of individuals who are completely separated. God wanted all of us and our differences to come together and to unite and fellowship with one another to accomplish this. So if, if, if you're failing to use your gift, you are hindering the growth and you are hindering the, the, the mission that God wants us to accomplish. Our ministry can become ineffective. Uh, overall, our ministry will become ineffective. The feelings of discouragement will paralyze the body. And we'll spend so much time trying to maintain the body and get the body back working again that the body won't be functioning to go out and to represent Christ in the community. So it's crucial. It's crucial for us to constantly be seeking to encourage one another to use our gifts. 
And those of you who are leaders in the group, those of you who have, uh, you know, been, been stepping up and, and directing and, and helping guide people in the path they should go, it's really important for you to not get discouraged, but to keep motivating and to keep building up the body so that it works and functions in a way that glorifies God. <clears throat> Finally, notice again verses 18 through 20. I think these are really important words. It says, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Think about that for just a second. God chose your gift. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. That's an amazing thing to really think about and to understand. Like, really? He gifted you with your gift knowing that you would be in this congregation at this time that's in need of that gift? That you would provide the, 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 the necessity of uh, whatever it is, of, of cooking meals, of uh, sending cards of encouragement, of uh, visiting and consoling with somebody who, is, who has lost a loved one or going through difficult times. He's given you the gift of teaching a children's Bible class. He's given you the gift of children to mother and to nourish and to, to instruct in the way they should go. Whatever the gifts are, uh, he's given those to you in the body so that you can have an impact in the body as a whole. And he did it strategically. He chose you for your gift individually. And he knows which one all of us has. So being a member here is not some random act. But we can see in this that Paul is saying, God chose this. God arranged this. God made this the way that it is. Okay? So you're all upset because you got this brother so-and-so in this congregation who really gets on your nerves because he's so different than you and does everything different than you. Well, God probably put him there to help you grow humble <laughs> and to help you learn patience. And, and maybe he's going to be a huge asset to you growing and, and becoming who you ought to be. Maybe he's going to provide what you need. Okay, so all of this, think about all of this. What does it mean for us? It means that we need humility. We need to recognize that if we have a gift, it comes from God. Okay, uh, whatever your gift is, don't get the big head. I'm, I'm the best cook in the world, you know. Uh, you know, I'd hate for, hate for some of these ladies that, man, they're amazing. Hate for them to get the big head. Um, you know, don't, don't get the big head. God has given you whatever your gift is. You're just so easy to relate to and to, to, to encourage other people. Or you're just very thoughtful and very organized and you can, you can put things together well. Uh, you know, whatever it is that you have, understand God gave that to you. And don't be proud and arrogant about your abilities and your gifts. And don't be selfish thinking that you're, they're your gifts so you can use however you want. These are God's gifts that he gave to you and you are stewards of those gifts. And also, for those of us who are a little bit more insecure about our gifts and not really sure that we should step out and do things that, are, that might be a little bit beyond us, we got to trust that God knows what he's doing. Okay? God gave you a gift knowing that you can handle it. Remember the parable of the talents? Uh, he didn't give the one talent man five talents, right? He knew what that guy could handle, and he gave him what he could handle. And the, the only thing he was looking for was for him to fulfill the role that he was given. 
He wasn't looking for him to go above and beyond. He wasn't looking for him to fill every role. He was just looking for him to fill his role and his part. And so we need to trust God knows what he's doing and giving you your gift. Trust that he knows what he's doing. Find a way to use it for his glory. And we also need to understand that this is telling us not to compare our gifts with one another. Uh, It can be easy to become envious or uh, to belittle even if you feel proud about yourself. Uh, We don't want to do that at all. Uh, But instead, we want to use our gifts to serve one another, keep our heads to the grindstone, keep focused on the work that we're doing, and be encouraged by others. You know, there's really two different ways you can look at the gifts of other people. You can look at them with anger and malice, or you can look at them with excitement and encouragement and knowing that God has gifted them that way so that they can help the body grow. Because we just have to be mission-focused. That's what it's really all about. It's about the mission. It's about God being glorified. It's not about me. So how do you feel about your role in the body of Christ? How do you feel about your role? Are you willing to embrace the truth about who you are uh, in the body and internalize the value of your unique gift? Are you willing to put it to work in a way that will bring God glory? And maybe you hadn't quite worked out how that's going to happen and how you're going to use whatever gift you have to bring about God's glory. But I'll tell you what, if you're devoting your time to figuring that out and you're devoting your time to honing whatever skill God has given you to make it to where it's as useful as it could possibly be, then God will work in that and bring about the growth of the body as a whole. It don't matter if you're, you're, you're the best organizer in the world. And you come in here and organize it and you devote your life to organizing, you know, the back rooms and, and bulletin boards and all that kind of stuff. And you're just amazing at it. You know what you're going to do? You're going to set other people on fire because of your gift that you're utilizing and doing the best. Maybe not everybody will tell you that, but people will see it and they will be encouraged knowing that you care enough to use your gift and to develop it and to grow it. And they'll be motivated to do the same. We need to nurture that in one another. (laughs) We need to nurture unity and working together to accomplish the mission. And we need to appreciate the differences between one another. We need to learn how to do that. Uh, We need to know it's not all about you. It's about the mission. It's not all about me. It's about the mission. And, and, And I care more about you doing your gifts to the best of your ability than I care about me receiving recognition for doing my gifts. Or, or me appearing better than you or anything like that. I don't care. Like that doesn't help the body grow. I don't want it. What I really want is for everyone to be using their gifts so that God can be glorified. And really, you know, I talk a lot about pride. There is also a good way to think about pride, right? Uh, we think about pride as being bad, and it is, pri- it is bad, right? Having arrogance and pride and uh, thinking much of yourself. But there's a good way to think about pride. And whatever your gift is, take pride in it. Give yourself to it. Make it the best you can make it so that you can say, I'm proud of what I accomplished and what, what, what God accomplished through me in that. And, and how far I've come. You know, I, I really devoted myself to this and God worked through me and he brought me to where I'm supposed to be. We have to see our gift is not just necessarily coming, you know, all God just, just work in me whatever you want to work in me and I'll just sit here and wait for you to do it. Or, oh, I've accomplished all this. You know, that's the two extremes. But it's more of a, 
God is working through us and we're working together with God to accomplish the things that he desires for us to do. And that should be our mission in the body of Christ is to work together with God using our gifts to bring about the spiritual growth of the body. Do you value the blessing, the gift that God has given to you? Do you understand how that gift can be used in the body of Christ? And are you willing to take the steps necessary to use that gift to the best of your ability? I hope that you are. We need you to do that, don't we? You need everyone else here to do that, don't you? Uh, And you also need to play a role so that the mosaic is beautiful. And so that as people walk in these doors and they see the workings that, that are going on, they're blown away at how God is able to use these people to accomplish his mission and his goal. And that's what we should be all about. If you're here today and you're not a part of the body of Christ, uh, we offer an opportunity for you to become a part of that body. And God will add you to the body of Christ as you are baptized in water for the remission of sins. You come up out of those waters, added to the body of Christ, uh, renewed, refreshed, forgiven of all your sins, and gifted to play a role in the greatest kingdom to ever exist, in the greatest mission that we could ever be a part of, you have a purpose. And make sure you're using all the gifts God gives you uh, for his purpose. If you're here today and you have not uh, yet obeyed the gospel, we want to encourage you to do that. If you're here today, you have obeyed the gospel and you've been struggling to use your gifts, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody. You can come forward and ask for prayers, but I encourage you to talk to somebody about your struggles. Uh, you can talk to me, but don't feel like you have to talk to me. There's other people here who are, who are wiser and better at the counseling, uh, counseling and, and consoling aspect of, of communication than I am. And if you know them, I encourage you to talk to them and encourage them by just being open and vulnerable about your struggles. They probably have them too, okay? And you can encourage and motivate one another to be better because God deserves that. If you're here and you have a need, please let us know. Please come as we stand and as we sing.